listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. And Andy is not here. <laughs> he decided to take the day off today. So I'm in studio on my own today. But it is Reformation. And we have a very very exciting thing to talk about today, which is fine art and the Reformation. So we'll get to that in just a second. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for your support of the coffee hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Joining me in studio is the Reverend Dr. Daniel Harmelink, Executive Director of Concordia Historical Institute. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Herman. Good morning, Sarah. Happy is, Friday. It is great to have you with me in studio. And Reformation Day is just around the corner, so you may begin to celebrate now. Yes. We have a lot of red going on in the in the, <laughs> in the International Center today. Uh, it's, it's kind of odd because normally Reformation happens on, well, most often it happens on a weekday, and so we get Reformation observed on Sunday, but this year it's backwards because Reformation is on Sunday. So we have Reformation Day observed in the building today. So even now, people are carving Martin Luther pumpkins. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, the Concordia Historical Institute uh, does a lot of exhibits with a lot of our historical artifacts from uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and right. Lu- Lutheran our, history in general. Our official title is the Department of Archives and History of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and we're about all things about Lutheran history in North America. So we not only want to preserve that, right, we want to keep that, you know, for future generations, but we also want to share that with as many people as possible. So we're getting all excited about uh, an exhibit that's open to the public, and we'd love to have you and the audience come and see these uh, fine art pieces that tell the story of the Reformation. Yes, and it's very exciting. I have a sneak preview of this exhibit. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I love art, so this is especially exciting for me to be able to look through all of this. Um, what kind of exhibits has CHI done in the past to celebrate the Reformation? Uh, we had one in 2017, and that was uh, telling the story of the Reformation with uh, uh, vintage books and mm. coins and medals of the Reformation. Uh, the It's a visual thing, right? So mm-hmm. the books are often illustrated, even in the 16th century. They have woodcuts in them. The coins and medals, I make the case that Coins and medals are not only collecting because, you know, people collect gold coins just for their gold value, (laughs) but uh, there's Reformation coins. There are more coins of Martin Luther than any other person in history. Wow. People don't know that. And um, that's because in the Lutheran Church, we use art to give witness to our faith. Mm -hmm. We we don't uh, create, for example, a church building and the inside looks like an empty shoebox. We... (laughs) We use God, the, the artistic skills that God has given artists and architects and sculptors and all that, stained glass, and we tell our story, the story of the gospel in art, not only for our own benefit, but for the world's benefit. So um, the Reformation in 2017, we had an exhibit, uh, exhibit about that. And so, you know, it's a couple of years later. It's after, you know, COVID's kind of winding down. So people are kind of itching to get out of the house. And I think this is another good opportunity to kind of reconnect with the history of the church. 
uh, through this through these pieces of fine art. Mm-hmm. What kinds of items does CHI have that uh, that that celebrate the history of the Reformation? Because you you've done several exhibits, you have all right. kinds of of artifacts there. What kinds of things so, do you have? So at CHI, our main bread and butter are documents, uh, published works. We've got millions and millions of files on uh, uh, church leaders in the Lutheran Church, the history of the Lutheran Church. But we also have artifacts. And these sometimes, you know, missionaries, they do service around the world and then they bring back artifacts about their missionary life. Uh, We also have uh, pieces of furniture. For example, some of the early churches in Perry County, we have some of their like a baptismal font or something like yeah. that. But, you know, that's really limited. When people call and say, hey, our church is closing, we want you to take the stained glass windows. It's That's a kind of a heavy lift. And <laughs> right. and my thing is, you know, we want to use these artifacts, these historical artifacts. If we don't share them, then w- what good are they? You know, mm-hmm. so our our mission is not take these historic things, put them in a time capsule and bury them in the backyard. That's not mm-hmm. what we do. We share them in a responsible way with as many people as, as are interested in them. Mm-hmm. So this exhibit, uh, it draws from the fine art that we also have in our collection. And again, they're kind of sitting in the dark because we don't want the light to, you know, uh, damage mm-hmm. the artwork. Mm-hmm. So I think the artwork's very happy to be out in the public again. <laughs> but uh, well, this will be open. It opens on the 12th of November. That's a Friday. And we'll... We'll have the exhibit open until uh, July of next summer, and then they go back to, you know, being preserved in a cool room with no light so that they'll last for generations. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of their, their uh, you know, 15, 15 months of, uh, of publicity or <laughs> Uh, notoriety, and then they go back into the archives. Sure. What actually goes into preserving this artwork? Because this is these are old pieces right. of artwork. What actually happens so, with this artwork? So let's talk about one of them. Yeah. Uh, a couple months ago, uh, we got a call. The Walter Forrester, who wrote Zion on the Mississippi. If you know anything about the history of the Lutheran Church, Zion on the Mississippi is kind of the go-to book as far as the beginnings of the Synod. It talks about the trip over from Germany. Uh, the scandal of Martin Stefan, mm-hmm. how everything was in disarray. Uh, it's a miracle that uh, the history of the Missouri Synod just stop, would stop there. But um, Walter Forrester, when he was a professor at Purdue, uh, the he had two, uh, three daughters. So the three daughters for a birthday gift or a Christmas gift, I don't know which, gave him a 16th century print from Albert Durer, who is the, you know, the premier engraver, the premier woodcutter of the Reformation or of the Reformation period, they gave him this print of Frederick the Wise as a gift. And they had it in their home, hanging on their wall uh, for his entire life. At the death of Walter Forrester, it went to one of the daughters. And then uh, when she died, the the widow, widow the husband, Widower um, gave it, uh, decided that it would be great for the public to see it. Mm -hmm. So we received it. Uh, The photo that you see or when you come to see it in the exhibit, it looks in fantastic shape. That's because we had to get it conserved. That's the technical 
that's the expensive term <laughs> for rest- restoring it. And uh, there were stains on it. They had used, you know, like scotch tape to tape oh. it onto the onto the mat of the picture oh, frame. So it's like <laughs> our saying at CHI is tape is evil. <laughs> So that had to be taken off and, you know, cleaned up. But it's in fantastic shape now. So, yeah, these paintings, they, they take care. They, they, um, uh, we, ne- we need to actively manage these things. That's mm-hmm. why when someone comes to CHI and they say, hey, I've got an oil painting of, you know, CFW Walther. We'll give it to you if you put it on permanent display. I have to tell them, you know, that's not good for the painting at all because it just deteriorates out in the public, out mm-hmm. in the lobby, or for example, or in this exhibit. Mm-hmm. So if you go to uh, any art museum, they'll say, you know, not only don't take flash because the flash will will uh, may damage you know mm-hmm. after so much time the the uh, light will damage the colors of a painting or something like that but just you can't have a, an exhibit forever because it's it's not good for the pieces mm-hmm. so um yeah they're under controlled temperature controlled humidity uh, if they if the paint starts f- peeling off then we have to have them conserved it's a, I mean, it's a actively, uh, we're, they're actively managed. And so it's not just, a, we put them in a, we wrap them up in bubble wrap and <laughs> throw them in the corner and wait, <laughs> wait another 10 years and then exhibit them again. It's a, it's a responsibility. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about uh, this Frederick the Wise mm-hmm. uh, print from Albrecht and he's one of the, the, the people being, um, being portrayed in this exhibit who are the other people that so that people so see? we have four people that uh are are represented that's uh martin luther uh katie von bora martin luther's wife mm-hmm. philip melanchthon who was luther's right hand man and frederick the wise who was luther's prince and i tell i you know some people have heard of jan hus Mm-hmm. He came a hundred years before Luther and said, uh, "You can burn this goose. Hus means goose. Uh, you can burn this goose, but in a hundred years, a swan will come that you will not be able to silence." And the swan of Wittenberg is Martin Martin Luther. Uh, but the difference between Hus and Luther is Hus's prince gave him up, and Frederick the Wise, Luther's prince, uh, protected Luther. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, Luther was not burned at the stake alive like uh, Jan Hus was. Mm-hmm. So Frederick the Wise is a, I mean, he's a major player in the Reformation. And uh, before his death, on his deathbed, he received the Lord's Supper in two kinds. Uh, mm. And and uh, affirming that he, he believed in the Lutheran understanding of what the Lord's Supper, you know, Christ commanded as far as what the Lord's Supper is and and how it should be distributed. So Frederick the Wise, Albert Durer, we also have other prints of his that we put on exhibit, and we always get a good turnout. So if you've never seen an Albert Durer print, I mean, this is the, it was printed in the 16th century. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is 500 years old. So um, please come and take a look. You'll be astounded. You know, when you think, oh, 500 years again, uh, 500 years ago, everything was real crude and primitive, and it's like, not Albert Durer. Mm-mm. He's a he was a master master artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. These are I you I have the the sneak preview uh, in front of me here that you brought to the studio, uh, and that these these paintings and things are are just beautiful. The the craftsmanship that goes into these are, is just just wonderful. Uh, we have 
more to talk about. We need to take a quick break. We're talking about the upcoming Martin, Katharina, Philip, and Friedrich exhibit happening at CHI for Concordia Historical Institute for the Reformation. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. Have you ever picked up a copy of the Book of Concord and been overwhelmed by it? There's a whole bunch of difficult names and documents and apologies and formula of concords and epitomies. And before you know it, you don't even know where you are in the book. Well, if you've had this question, you'll be interested in picking up the October issue of The Lutheran Witness, your reader's guide to the Book of Concord. To subscribe, visit cph.org witness or learn more on the Lutheran Witness website, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Did you know that there are over 18,000 archived episodes of shows and podcasts on KFUO.org? You can explore them all by using the search feature on our homepage. Just click on the magnifying glass in the upper right-hand corner of KFUO.org and enter in any keyword, like a book of the Bible or name of a host or guest, and then browse all of our shows relating to that topic. KFUO.org. Christ for you. Anytime and anywhere. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I have Dr. Dan Harmelink in studio with me from Concordia Historical Institute, and we're talking about fine art from the Reformation, celebrating the Reformation. There's a great exhibit that will be opening at Concordia Historical Institute on Friday, November 12th, uh, fine art of Martin Luther, Katharina von Bora, Philip Melanchthon and Friedrich the Wise. Great stuff. Uh, we talked about one of the pieces of art that you'd be able to see, the Albrecht Durer mm-hmm. print. Uh, there's another one in this sneak preview that I have in front of me that is uh, all made up of words. Can we talk about this one? Yeah, so, Sarah, you're going to the weird stuff. So I love the weird stuff. This is... Um, <laughs> There was one guy, and again, you can Google his name and uh, you can see examples of his work. His name is Johann Michael Puchler with an umlaut. So um, I don't know how you type that in. But anyway, uh, he, he, he set upon this style of painting. You know, again, in Lutheranism, we say it's all about the word. Mm-hmm. It's all about the word of God. Well, he kind of took that literally. So he does fine art. He did a portrait of Luther. But for the lines of the portrait, instead of using just a line, he uses text. He uses words in a script. So um, it's it's much more pleasing to the eye than you would think. But he uses, for example, he's got a full portrait of Luther holding the Bible or maybe the Augsburg Confession. Remember, the Augsburg Confession, the first three documents in the, in the Book of Concord are... Uh, Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, and Athanasian Creed. Mm-hmm. So he uses those three creeds to create not only the body, the the lines of Luther's portrait, but also framing in a very ornate frame. He uses the Athanasian Creed for Luther's body, for his portrait, and then the Nicene Creed, and then that is uh, framed with the, with, uh, the Nicene Creed, and then the Athanasian Creed is over that. So this was a very 
a stylistic way of portraying the reformer. So he's done portraits, head portraits of Martin and Katie together, mm -hmm. again, using uh, words from, from their writings or, or information about them. So this Pukler guy, um, it would it'd be fantastic if you could come and see this in person. It's just amazing. I don't know who did this, but A, they had more patience than I, and B, <laughs> their, their eyesight was fantastic. To write in this, it's a very small piece, but here you've got all three creeds written out. You mm -hmm. know, the whole creed is written out uh, to form the, a portrait of Luther. It's it's incredible. That is amazing to have that that kind of uh, artistry to be able to to do that and make it legible too. You can actually mm -hmm. read what these words are saying. I think that is so cool to to bring the words of our creeds into this portrait of Luther. How many? So this this is as you said, it's a bit of an, an odd one out of out of the bunch. How many? It's distinctive. It's distinctive. Let's, there let's you go. Say that. I love it. I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, how many? Uh, portraits or, or pieces of Martin Luther are actually in this exhibit. Right. So we have to, we're limited by the size of the exhibit yeah. hall. And again, you know, with the COVID stuff, we, we wanted to kind of spread things out. So mm -hmm. uh, we're limited to about 50 pieces. Um, th there's more in the CHI collection. Or there's more that we could put out. Mm -hmm. But I think this is kind of, you know, I tried to pick the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. So um, we've got all, f all five centuries it represented in this all the way back from Albert Durer and uh, Lucas Cranach. Again, when Luther was alive, uh, Cranach, the painter in Wittenberg, had a monopoly. Uh, only Cranach painted Luther portraits. So until the time of the de death of Martin Luther, uh, Cranach, you know, if you wanted to buy a Luther Luther painting, uh, you had to contact the Cranach studio. Hmm. Um so uh, his son, who was kind of in charge during uh, Luther's later life, uh, at the time of the son's death, they said that he had painted a thousand portraits of Martin Luther. Wow. That is amazing. In the, in the 16th century, there were more portraits of Martin Luther painted than any other person in, in the 16th century. It was just incredible. And uh, some of these, again, it, uh, these paintings are not only, oh, that's nice looking, but it's a, it's what does it communicate, right? What does it educate? What does it confess? Mm -hmm. So there were not only portraits of Luther solo with his doctor's hat, but very quickly uh, after his marriage, there were paintings, uh, uh, usually two portraits that were a pair mm -hmm. of Martin and Katie or Martin and Philip Melanchthon uh, to, sh to show uh, his, his friendship with these other people. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the the quality of some of these is just just outstanding. So mm -hmm. uh, Katie Katie von Bora is also uh, uh, well represented in this exhibit. Mm -hmm. She's a she's a big person in the Reformation, and um, uh, there are there, Krona, the Cronach Studio painted uh, many portraits of Katie uh, along you know Mart, the Martin and Katie pair. Uh, you know, was a top seller for the Chronic Studio. Mm -hmm. Are there are there more than just paintings in this exhibit? Are there are there other three uh, D pieces that that we can see as well? Right. So we have uh, woodcuts or engravings, uh, oil paintings. We also have uh, lithographs, where which is a kind of different kind of uh, print that the the design is uh, drawn on a stone and then the prints are made from that. But we also have some, some sculptures and uh, large uh, kind of three-dimensional or high-relief uh, plaques and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, 
we we tried to give a good mix on that too. Sure. Do you want to? Uh, do you have another favorite out of this exhibit that you'd like to explain to us? Give us a little a little tease to well one something to look at. One I was thinking last night. Um, this is number eleven on your preview. And again, for people that say, "Hey, I can't come to the exhibit. I'm not in the St. Louis area, mm-hmm. or you know, something prevents me for coming in person." We are working on a printed catalog. So if you would like a printed catalog, please contact CHI. Our website is just ConcordiaHistoricalInstitute.org, all spelled out. Uh, contact us and, and we can give you more information about that. We'd love to share this with as many people as possible. Uh, but one of the uh, exhibits is a large plaque. It was uh, made for a dedication of a, of a Protestant uh, theological building in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So they commissioned this guy from Germany to make this stylized Luther. And I was thinking this morning, it kind of looks like Luther if he was RoboCop. <laughs> does <laughs> so uh, anyway it's kind of abstract some people say uh, that's that's terrible i don't like that painting but it's a different style and again you can still tell that's that's martin luther right mm-hmm. um it, there are only two of them that i know of and and we're trying to find the one in brazil i think the one in brazil was either lost or destroyed so this would be mm-hmm. the last one in the size it's just huge it's it's uh, it weighs like 80 pounds and it was supposed to be uh, the one in Brazil was attached to the wall, but I think that that one will—you'll say—I've never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the chronic portrait of Luther as monk, or reinterpreted as RoboCop. Anyway, so, <laughs> and then uh, finally, I—I um, I also have—I uh, was a graphic artist before becoming a church worker. So uh, this is near, and this exhibit is near and dear to my heart. And I think again, it's a—it's a way that the church can communicate. Uh, not only the history, but the the gospel, the scriptures. So I, I've been toying around with kind of a abstract uh, portrait of Luther. In the 70s, people were doing uh, computer art or computer-generated art. So there's a famous uh, portrayal of the Lincoln portrait on a $5 bill done in the 70s. And this was picked up by Salvador Dali. I don't know if you know that name. Oh, he's yes. kind of he's kind of out there. But anyway, <laughs> he took that and and actually painted in using this kind of mosaic uh, style uh, a portrait of Abraham Lincoln. And again, even though it's completely abstract, if you walk if you walk far enough away, you'll say, "Oh, that's Abraham Lincoln." Mm-hmm. So I tried to do the same thing with Martin Luther. I mean, the the chronic uh, painting of Martin Luther is so iconic mm-hmm. that um, I think. Uh, it's very easy to kind of step back and say, oh, that's Martin Luther, right? So I tried to say, what what is the most abstract you can get as far as a, a pixelated or a, a tileized portrait of Luther and still make it uh, uh, recognizable as Martin Luther? So there's all kinds of uh, different styles in this exhibit, and hopefully um, people will be walking away saying, oh, there were two in there that really, really uh, communicated uh, – the history of the Reformation to me. That's that's my prayer. Yeah. What do we learn through visual arts and, and seeing these images of the Reformers that we may not get uh, reading books about the history of the Reformation? Right. So I think these portraits show the humanity. I mean, these were real people, right? And uh, even though some of the portraits have been stylized or, you know, it's Luther as, as uh, you know, the, the perfect hero or something like that, you, you still see in these portraits... Uh, Luther, Luther, the the man, and and again, you know, in the Lutheran Church, we don't 
we don't worship these saints of the mm-hmm. past, but we do thank God for them, uh, despite all of their their weaknesses and mistakes and mess ups and foibles and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think the humanity of these of uh, Martin and Katie and Philip and Frederick the Wise uh, comes through in these visual visual art. Uh, you can read a book like this Andrew Pedigree book on uh, Brand Luther that was real popular in 2017, and you can get an idea. But it, for me, it's like the visual arts have their place too. Mm-hmm. And so I always say that uh, when I was a young kid, I learned as much from the stained glass windows of my little local church than I did from the ser- sermons that were preached. And uh, those visual uh, images of the history of the saints and the apostles. Uh, continue to be, you know, continue. I carry them uh, even even as an old guy. So, <laughs> so hopefully this exhibit will bring out another dimension of the Reformation, and uh, encourage people to learn more uh, through books or or videos or whatever of the Reformation. So, that's my hope. Yeah, yeah, it brings it a bit more to to real life, real real people, uh, five hundred years ago. That did so this, all of this isn't just you know we won't check and make sure that you're over eighteen when you're <laughs> at the door. You know, bring uh, school children. You know, again, yeah. uh, this I think this exhibit is appropriate for for kids too. Sure, uh, we have uh, just about thirty seconds left. Can you give us the rundown on uh, this exhibit and also how we can find um, all of the the resources from CHI if we don't live in the St. Louis area? So the exhibit is at the CHI. CHI building, we're the first building on the left as you come into the Concordia Seminary campus in Clayton, Missouri. It opens Friday, November 12th. Uh, our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 to 3. And again, it's kind of self-guided, but um, there's staff there. If you have questions about the exhibit, we'd, we'd love to uh, talk to you more about the details. And again, we're, we're coming on, a, we're trying to develop a printed catalog that will also be available a couple months from now. Uh, we'd love to get that into your hands. Uh, visit our website, sign up, and uh, let us let us help you discover, rediscover the the beauty and the uh, the depth of the Reformation. Yeah, so much good stuff at Concordia Historical Institute. A wealth of resources and, and interesting things. If you want to learn more about our Lutheran heritage, thank you so much for joining me in studio, Dr. Hermeling, to talk about uh, the beautiful artwork of the Reformation. Blessings, Sarah. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.